0: Hey, man, whoa, what an echo that was. I tell you what. Hey, once again, we're going to study world religions, cults, and the occult. We are in number 13, charismatic chaos, part two. I'm going to pick on you all night, Debbie, for some strange reason, because you're the only one here. What is it? You could You it's, right, it's right here. See? Yeah, give it up for Debbie, all you people watching online. But anyway, that's right. Uh, we've got actually uh, uh, two parts of the studies. We saw the first part dealing with their aberration and false teachings. But unfortunately, in the part two, that's all we're dealing with, it seems, here as well. But we're taking a look at, we're dispelling the myth in part two. We're dealing with the untold history of the charismatic movement. Because they want to say the reason why it's so weird, the reason why you don't understand what's going on, and it seems new to you is because it's the latest movement of God's spirit. That's not true. We've been dealing with that throughout history. It's old-fashioned. We're going to see it again, Lord willing, tonight old-fashioned montanism next 1800 years they want to say it started in the early 1900s with azusa street Pfft, that's not true but anyway after that event uh which was not from god uh it they split they spread they birth off into oneness pentecostalism which is not biblical christianity it's a works-based salvation a false gospel uh they birthed at the same year assembly of god it goes to Foursquare, 1927 Catherine kuhlman binnehan and once again we're going to talk about tonight this event in the 1950s is when this took off and basically what happened with these tent revivals these other scenarios you had to go to them to get indoctrinated into this false teaching and aberrant teachings okay basically now they hit the road okay they go on road and they come to you to your community and it spreads even more like that now what we've been seeing and we're going to see tonight there was actually two key figures in the tent revival meetings there were several guys but two key guys number one we've been seeing was oral roberts okay we're going to see again tonight we already talked about him and the second guy is william branham remember him he was a great, supposed to be the greatest prophet that ever lived and all this whacked out stuff, okay? Okay, what we've been doing basically the last several weeks is looking at the thread coming out from Oral Roberts. And from Oral Roberts, uh, amongst many heresies, and this movement here, is the word of faith heresy. The name it and claim it, uh, grab it and blab it, stuff of that nature. And that's what we've been seeing, okay? So from, from that thread... Oral Roberts, we've been seeing, uh, eventually came this guy, Kenneth Hagan. And then, of course, came this guy, Dr. Creepy, uh, Kenneth Copeland. And we talked about this at the end of last study, so I had to put it in for this study. Uh, once again, you know, we made the joke out there that uh, if these faith healers were so real, then why aren't they out there uh, healing this virus and calling the president saying, hey, you got nothing to worry about, we'll take care of it, because we are little gods and we can, we can knock this thing out. Well, it's almost like Kenneth Copeland was listening to our study, Because he actually not only tried that, uh, he said he did it. The only problem was he said it was gone uh, because of his power uh, on March 29th. Last time I checked, that was in the past and whatever. But anyway, here he is in action. All I got to say is, what an embarrassment to the church, okay? Uh, But here, here, here it is. Let's take a look. Standing in the office
1: of the prophet of God. I execute judgment on you, COVID-19. I execute judgment on you, Satan. You destroyer. You kill her. You get out. You
2: break your power. You get off this nation. I demand judgment on you. I demand, I
1: demand, I demand a vaccination to come immediately. Yes.
3: Kenneth Copeland
4: has been declaring stuff that hasn't come true for decades. Now he's demanded that a vaccine should come immediately.
1: I call you done. This is anger. I call you don't gone. Don't go on. Don't go on. You come down. From your Amen. place of authority, destroyer, you come down and you <laughs> crawl on your oh, belly like God commanded you when he put his foot on your head in the Garden of Eden. You will destroy through COVID nineteen. No more. No more. No more. It no more is Finished. Finished. It is over. And the United States of America is healed Thank you, Jesus. and well. Thank you.
4: Again. The spirit life of COVID 19 has dried up. It's dead. It's dead. It's, it's dead. done. It has ceased. Yes. It has ceased to exist. Yes. It's beginning to shrivel. Yes. Wait, does it cease to exist or is it beginning to shrivel? Hmm, seems like it can't even shrivel if it ceases to exist. It's beginning to
1: draw up and shrivel and disintegrate. Yes, at exactly 12 noon on the 29th day of March. praise God.
4: Praise God. Thank you, Jesus! Praise God. Come on, give God glory and praise and honor for this. It's over. It's over. Oh, it's over.
0: Yeah, I wish your false teaching was over. You're not a prophet. Okay, you're a liar, you're a heretic. Okay, you're not some little God. You don't have the power to do that. But obviously, even if you're supposed to be a prophet, that right there did not come to pass, so you're a false prophet. Okay, and the one thing that I wish would shrivel up would be his financial support base. But unfortunately, even after this... Obvious heresy, okay, showing he is not a prophet of God. He can't be because that's wrong, okay, uh, my guess, unfortunately, is people are still going to give to that guy's unfortunate so-called ministry. Okay. Then we saw that. Nellie no, Kent Copeland. I had to throw that one in there. Jesse DePlantis. Then we saw Creflo Dollar. We saw it wasn't just the men, unfortunately. Again, we're dealing with the thread coming from Oral Roberts. Two paths coming off the tent revivals in the 50s. Uh, the ladies, we saw Paula White. We saw Marilyn Hickey. And then we saw uh, Joyce Meyer, okay, who, again, didn't even believe in her false teaching of perfect health because why did you have to resort to a facelift, okay? amongst other issues. Uh, but then we saw, if you were uh, here last time, we saw that uh, it's not all. They also, from this thread, is they're encouraging you and I to go along with the ecumenical lie that we all need to work together, not on the basis of truth. We just all need to unify and basically form a one-world religion working with the uh, Roman Catholic Church and the Vatican Uh, which obviously is what the Bible warns against. Don't do that. That's the creation of a one world religion. And there's not a multitude of ways to heaven. There is only one way to heaven. Uh, So they're even falling for that as well. Okay. Now, that's all there. Basically, now what we're going to deal with now, the the final, Lord willing, if we're still alive, still here. We're going to do the final three studies. Okay, now we're going to take a look at this other thread, right? This basically what we've been doing with the Word of Faith baloney is coming from the tent revivals, mainly from Oral Roberts. Now we're going to deal with the other main guy that we've already dealt with a whole study on, William Branham. Now, William Branham has launched what was called, out of him, out of his branch, Amongst other false teachings that we saw, he is launched what's called the NAR movement or the New Apostolic Reformation. So that's what we're going to get into and how did that get started uh, as well. But before we get into that, we're obviously going to take a look at God's warning that, believe it or not, he warned that there were going to be coming false teachers who, believe it or not, wouldn't just come from the world. They would come from within the church. And as shepherds, you need to be on your guard. okay? and so let's take a look at that. That's Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20 is uh, our text for tonight, our opening text there, Acts 20, verses 25 to 31. As you turn there, obviously, Paul, the context here is he's uh, leaving uh, the Ephesus church, and uh, he's not coming back, and he's basically saying, I, I work with you guys. Uh, I believe Ephesus was one of the longest places, if not the longest place, that Paul got to stay and do extended teaching. And so basically, he's saying, listen, I'm, you're not going to see me again. Uh, I feel led to the Lord to, to obviously tell you that. And then also, uh, I need to war- I've been warning you, and my hands are clean. I've told you everything. I've taught you the whole counsel of God. But I'm telling you, when I leave, watch what's going to happen, okay? And here's what he says. Uh, Acts 20, verse 25, Paul says, Now I know that, that uh, none of you among you whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Therefore, I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of all men. Well, how could Paul say that? Here's what he says. For I did not what? I have not hesitated to proclaim to you what? The portions of the Bible that you really like, you know, because it's all about making you learn to be a better you and self-esteem and a financially successful Christian. And because we don't want to touch those other portions of the Bible because you might get offended and leave. Now, that's what's going on today. But Paul says, my hands are clean, man, because I taught you what? I taught you all the Bible, the whole will of God. So here's what he says. So what you need to do, knowing I'm not going to be here anymore, right? Keep what? Keep what? Keep watch over yourselves, and he's talking to the elders, i.e. the pastors, they're in Ephesus, uh, of yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, what's going to happen? Savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Listen, even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So, Be on your guard. Remember that for three years, I never stopped warning each of you day and night with tears. And frankly, folks, if you look at that text, that's really what's going on with the charismatic movement. Where they come from? From the outside? No, they've come from what? They've come from within. And the scripture would tell us you better be on your guard. And specifically, he's talking to pastors. Again, back to the point, i not going to belabor it. We talked about this, I don't know how many different times. As shepherds, you need to not only feed and care and love for the sheep, but you need to warn the sheep. You need to protect the sheep from the wolves that are out there, okay? But this is what they're doing. They're, they're, people are being risen up within the church, the charismatic movement, and drawing people away. And again, it isn't just the, the, the falsehoods of the multitude of false teachings we have been seen with the charismatic movement, but even specifically with the word of faith. But I'm telling you, the latest one that's going to an even whole different level of falsehood, if I can even say that, is this NAR movement, the New Apostolic Reformation, okay? This is the big, giant thing that's going, and it is taking their heresy to a whole new level. Now, again, we're going to see the thread tonight that this is the other thread of the Tent Revivals, William Branham, that's where the movement came from. But today, the NAR movement is being fed by these three main Rivers, if you want to call them that. Uh, The Toronto Movement, Toronto Blessing, which we already had a study on. IHOP out of Kansas City, that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Then we're going to finish up on Bethel, right? Because they use music to seduce people into their false teaching. Okay, and we're going to finish up, Lord willing on that, okay? But let's take a look at how did this thing start? In about 50 years ago, William Branham, George Warnock and a guy named Paul Kane, here's a picture of all three of them, all uh, began to introduce what was called the Latter Rain Manifest Sons of God teaching. And that's all part of what's called the NAR, New Apostolic Reformation, uh, teaching. So 50 years ago, these guys coming out of this tent revival, Oral Roberts, if you will, goes this way, uh, unleashes this baloney. William Brannon and others begin to release this next baloney, the, the NAR movement. And you're saying, well, what's this latter rain movement? Well, let me, let me give you just a little teaser of how far off base these guys are. This was bad enough with the word of faith. Wait till you hear what's coming out of this thread. Okay. Uh, But basically, what they say, this latter rain movement, uh, what they preach is that Jesus is pouring out his spirit again, just like he did at Pentecost, to prepare people for his second coming. No, he's not. Okay. Uh, But they say, here's how it happened. In 1948, a revival supposedly. Now, remember, they always want to recreate this Azusa Street revival. And how many times these revivals come in? They're not a. true biblical revival they are not from god but this one broke out in canada supposedly in saskatchewan and those involved in the revival were convinced that they were on the verge of a new era in which the holy spirit would demonstrate his power in a greater way than the world has ever seen listen not even the age of the apostles they said had such witnessed such a move of the holy spirit so basically this is even greater than acts chapter 2 the birth of the church that's what they're saying but again, that's what they say about every one of their revivals that they concoct up. And that's the key word, concoct, because it's not from God. It's whipped up by man. Now, what's coming out of this? So out of this supposed revival, tent revivals, what are they running with? This is the greatest movement of God. And here's what supposedly God told them to tell us that we're missing out and we need to listen, uh, believe now. Um, that the gift of gibberish, of course, is not just functional, but you get it when they lay hands on you. Uh, Christians can be demonized and you need deliverance. Is that true? Is that biblical? No, we've seen that in our spiritual warfare study. The satanic war on the Christian dealt with that deeply uh, that you're in with the Holy Spirit of God. And then uh, Jesus said in the book of John that when you get saved, that God the Father, God the Son uh, will make their home in you. So in essence, if you want to break it down, uh, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they're in you. we his temple. I, I don't think they're going to scooch over and share a room with the demon. That's ridiculous. So again, we dealt with that in great detail. They say that God has restored all the offices of the church, including the apostle and prophet. Is that true? No. Hebrews 1 says that's how God did speak to us in the past, but today he's spoken to us with his son. The past times when he spoke to the apostles and prophet, that's the Old Testament. Today, the the teachings of his son is where? In the New Testament, we got everything we need. Okay, so that's that's uh, and we already dealt with that in great detail. Uh, of course, guaranteed uh, healing supposedly by them laying their hands on you. Listen, praise and worship will usher in God into our presence. What Bible are you reading? Last time I checked, God is omnipresent, which means He's everywhere at all times. Okay, He's not on the backside of Pluto going. Well, what do I? Oh, what's that? What's, what Debbie do read? I, I hear I hear some beautiful music. I I will have to go and check it out. And God floats over to where it's happening, into that sanctuary. It's ridiculous, okay? Uh, God is omnipresent. They say that women have full and equal ministry role in the church, wrong. They say that denominational lines will be destroyed and the church will unify in the last days. Well, these guys got into that with the live ecumenicalism, but that's not biblical. Uh, Unity on the, the basis of just unity when you reject the truth about God says, be separate from these false teachings and false uh, gospels, Uh, that's not biblical unity, okay? Then they say that the latter rain movement, these guys coming out of this thread, this NAR movement, that the latter rain will listen, will bring God's uh, work to completion. The church will be victorious over the world and usher in Christ's kingdom. So they believe through this movement that they're basically going to take over the planet We'll get into that more in a little bit. They're going to take over the planet and when such a time, because all these supernatural powers they supposedly have now, and then when that happens, then Jesus Jesus can come back. No, he's going to come back when he wants to because uh, he's God. He's not waiting for us to clean up. In fact, but the Bible says what? The church gets better and better and better and gets takes over the world? No, it goes into apostasy. It's exactly opposite of what the Bible says about the church. But this is a message, okay? And then again, eventually we're going to get to this second thread here IHOP okay International House of Prayers what it stands for it's not that pancake place Uh, but uh, this is a message that they are putting out there that appeals to the young people Right? And we're going to see, again, two things, right? Tonight we're going to see this message of, you know, the young, you want to take over the world and, you know, show how, you know, bring about social justice and, you know, millennia's on down. What do you want to do? We want to save the planet. We want to do all. So that's very appealing to that age group, right? And this false teaching sucks them right into it, okay? But what's also another important thing? Music. Music is very important in that same age group. So we're going to see they're hitting them on both angles. But let's take a look at just how this teaching that you're special, you're going to help change the planet, sucks these people right in. Uh, let's take a look at our first video.
2: IHOP, which is short for the International House of Prayer in Kansas City, is by most people's standards, it would be called a megachurch. Um, it has 5,000 people at least. But much more uniquely, it has a web stream that hundreds of thousands of people watch and a conference, an annual conference, that at least 20,000 people show up to each year.
3: We started becoming really interested in IHOP's teachings after Tyler went to one of their conferences in December 2007.
2: It's one of the largest and most influential um, charismatic churches in the country.
3: IHOP believes that Jesus is returning in this generation, um, like within the next 50 years, potentially, and that we have, that Christians have a major role to play in bringing him back by praying in his return, that he will come back in response to their prayers. We were all really fascinated with the idea of getting to be in the last generation, and with IHOP's teaching that there is... a special group of people um, that are going to prepare the rest of the world for his return. We felt like we were all called to be part of that chosen group. We felt special.
0: Now, I mean, can you, you put yourself in that position, that young person, you want to make a difference in the world, you want to make your mark in the world, that stuff will suck you right in. And that's what they're doing. But also, notice that not just with the issue we saw back in part one with the spiritual gifts. Right, And basically, you create the has and the have-nots, and you got this spiritual elite. Remember that? And, that? and if you've ever encountered that scenario where if you don't speak in gibberish like some of those people do, they look down on you like, oh, too bad you're not like me, right? Well, man, this is on that on steroids. That kind of, you talk about instant division. I mean, we're the special chosen ones. We're the only ones that could pray down Jesus Christ. Whoa, it's nuts. But again, it appeals to that group of people. Now, it gets even worse. Many, quote, apostles... As we're going to say, apparently all you got to do is send in uh, 600 bucks and you can become apostle. In case you guys are wondering. That's all it takes. Okay. Uh, but many apostles in the Lateran movement also teach the doctrine of what's called manifest sons of God. Okay. Uh, this is a heretical doctrine which says, listen, the church will give rise to a special group of overcomers. Listen, who will receive spiritual bodies becoming immortal. We're talking on earth. Right. Now, our bodies change at the rapture. right? But they're talking right here, right now. And that's what's going to help them give the power to take over the planet. Now, let's get into that. The Manifest Sons of God is part of what's called Neo, okay, or New Pentecostalism, okay? But basically, it's just Pentecostal false teaching going to a whole other level of false teaching. But the teaching is that in the last days, a new breed of Christians will arise, the Manifest Sons of God, who will have supernatural spiritual power to be instrumental in subduing the earth. They're also known as Joel's Army. Okay. In fact, what you're going to see is there's a lot of different terms that these people uh typically uh go by uh in this this movement. Okay? You're going to see uh uh terms uh like the the in fact, let me explain this cuz just so you know, cuz it's it's if you don't do the research, you can get very you think, "Well, that's that's the NAR movement." No, that's that's the Joels Army. No. The NAR movement goes by many different terms. Okay, and let me just give you a list of them. Uh, and they're all basically talking about the same type of mindset, okay? Uh, dominionism, have you heard that? Kingdom Now theology, okay, which is false theology. Third Wave, latter Reign, Kingdom Now, Joel's Army, Manifest Sons of God, and Charismatic Renewal. All those terms basically go right back here. New Apostolic Reformation that came from this guy. Okay, and, and those other gentlemen that I talked about. Okay, so so that's that. So subduing the earth means that a militant church, i.e., Joel's army, will arise, take over the world politically and spiritually. That's literally what they think. They 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 this this charismatic group that they're going to take over the planet. I'm not joking. Now it's claimed that these this Joel army, manifest sons of God, will listen, be perfected in their glorified bodies prior to Christ's return. It's nuts that perfection will allow them to subdue the earth for Jesus. This is crazy. None of us get a glorified body until we leave the planet. They're saying, no, we get it now because we got these supernatural powers and that's what we need to take over the planet before Jesus can come back. Totally messed up. Okay, proponents of this uh, doctrine, listen, also claim that Christians having a divine nature and become gods. Now, that's not a surprise because what we see over here in this thread from the tent revivals, Little gods, that's what they you know, teach. So, so that goes into that. Now listen to this. They say, listen, Christ came into us as a seed and grows into a prophet. Uh, where do you even go with that one? Right? So basically, he comes inside you and you basically turn into a, a prophet slash God with a, a mortal body. I mean, this is heresy of the highest degree. And then they say, thus, Christ does not physically return. He returns within us. And then talk about not just messed up uh, false teaching, eschatology, you can tell, and the study of last things. Listen to what they say. The rapture, according to this uh, doctrine, will be of the wicked, not of the believers. Can you believe that? So the people that disappear, the lo- it completely it's like, what Bible are you reading? That's the problem. They're not reading the Bible. To listen to so and so prophet or apostle so and so told me, or I had a vision, I had a dream, and these guys take it to a whole different level. Now, the teaching is part of, again, what's called Dominion Theology. Now, notice how they all kind of blend together NAR movement, Kingdom Nell, uh, Dominion Theology, uh, Ladder Reign, uh, Joel's Army, Manifest Sons of God. It's all the same baloney okay just by different names they teach that an elite army of overcomers will either destroy or subdue all the enemies of Christ until they eventually gain power and authority throughout the world the government listen to this the government of the nations will be upon their shoulders that's a complete violation of scripture what's Isaiah say the government will be on whose shoulders Jesus' shoulders we do this every Christmas and he will be called wonderful counselor mighty God that's Jesus. Who do you think you are, God? That's, they do. But anyway, so they say the government's going to be on their shoulders, and when all the secular authorities, all the secular governments, all the secular princes and kings have submitted to them, this charismatic group, Christ will return, and, and they will present the kingdom to him. That's not like a lot. That's arrogant, Right? In fact, these guys call it out, that's exactly what it is. This is arrogance to the highest degree to think that you're going to clean up the planet before Jesus can come back. Okay, let's take a look at that.
1: In brief, they believe that there are seven mountains in culture, politics, uh, society, family, the arts. And if the new, mm, uh, from the new apostolic reformation, what, are the, what do they call the kids, the new, the, uh, the new warriors of the... Joel's army, the latter day. Yeah, they, they, they raise up these kids in the New Apostolic Reformation to conquer each one of the mountains, of the seven mountains. And then as soon as we conquer the seven mountains, Jesus is going to come back. It's, it's a dominionist theology. This is from a gentleman. The church must be restored and equipped to rule. It must come to perfection. Out of the purified church will come a spiritual elite core. A corporate Christ who possesses the spirit without measure. They will purge the earth of all wickedness and rebellion. They will judge the apostate church. They will redeem all creation. First of all, very attractive to young people who want something to do.
4: I think it starts with a madness, an egotistical madness, that you actually think you have the kind of power that could pull that off. And if you tell yourself that long enough and you get enough people to buy into it, it it gets a life of its own. And I I think it is just a way to dupe people. And We all know how young people are interested in social justice and how Christianity is, even evangelical Christianity, non-charismatic, has turned away from the gospel. Why has it turned away from the gospel? If you go to a, a place that's been through a difficult time, you go to New Orleans after a hurricane or whatever and you start reaching out to people, if you go and sit them down and say, let me tell you why you need to come to Jesus Christ because you're a sinner and you go through the gospel, what kind of reception are you going to get? You're probably going to run out of the house. It's going to be very difficult. People aren't going to buy in. But show up with food. Show up with clothes. They will love you. They will embrace you and say you're doing this in the name of Jesus. That kind of stuff is easy. What's hard is the gospel presentation. Well, I think they've captured some of this uh, desire to change the world, which is always appealing to young people, and that's who you see in these things, young people. And with a kind of crazy megalomania and a kind of a vast overestimation of the power that they have, um, they, they define their eschatology. I don't think it comes from studying the Bible and coming up with a post-millennial view. I think it... It comes from egotism gone mad, and it may be aided and abetted by Satan uh, himself. If you read about the NAR, you, you, you know, they, when Rick Perry was running for president, and he ended up at a bunch of uh, NAR, New Apostolic Reformation. By the way, it it is basically built on the fact that there are apostles today. Peter Wagner is the leading apostle, but you can be an apostle. I think it was 600 bucks. You could be an apostle. <laughs> and you send your money to Peter, and he sent you a certificate saying you were an apostle. So they had, uh, they had divided the state of Texas, if you remember, into they would taken every county in Texas, and they had started to take dominion over every county in Texas. And the big prayer meeting that Rick Perry attended was a prayer meeting of all these dominionists trying to take over Texas. And they came up with crazy things like little demons and all, all kinds of stuff. Uh, th- there's a sense in which this is just egotism gone mad and uh, there's also sense in, in, in which may, it, it may be literally the, the kingdom of darkness uh, behind it all. Uh, but but Steve, Steve is exactly right in saying what the Bible says is the world gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse, and Jesus comes and judges the entire world in a judgment that parallels the flood in Genesis, only it's by fire and not by water.
0: Once again, the exact opposite what they teach uh, what the scripture has to say but notice what they're doing uh, these, these guys seduce people with frankly gr- they were being greedy themselves but people who fall for it and thinking that well your so called worship is if I give God money he gives me more money that's greed too so they seduce people with greed dare I say they seduce people in this camp over here the word of faith with idolatry things of that nature okay consumerism that stuff these guys over here they seduce people with arrogance because uh, of, of wanting and to make your mark on the world with social justice uh, and things of that nature. But again, we're also going to see over here, they're going to seduce a man also with music. Okay, now it continues on. The doctrine, NAR movement, also includes, listen to this, the idea that Jesus was sent as a pattern for the corporate church. The corporate church in this context means that the church becomes Christ. What? What? Oh, we rise real quick to Matthew twenty four. Matthew twenty four. I don't think this is by chance. And of course, Jesus was speaking about uh, the time frame in the seven year tribulation, but leading up to that, uh, he makes this statement. Okay, uh, of what you need to be on the lookout for. Matthew twenty four. And again, this is the first thing he says before he gets to watch out for signs that's getting close to his return, wars and rumors of wars, and all that kind of stuff famines and pestilence and signs in the sky. The very first thing out of his mouth, listen to what he just happens to say and what these guys are promoting. Watch this. He says this, verse 4, Jesus answered in response, how do we know it's getting close to your coming? The second coming, which happens at the end of the seven year tribulation. He says, watch out that no one what? Deceives you. In fact, if you read throughout Matthew 24, he says deceit multiple times. Deceit, deceit, deceit. Okay, it's characteristics of that time. He says, for many will come in my name claiming I'm the what? I am the Christ you're the Christ you're, you're Jesus okay and will deceive many now I believe that certainly is literal individuals who are claiming to be Christ and those are unfortunately a dime a dozen today so we're certainly seeing that uh, the antichrist himself is an opposer in place of Christ you know like he's some sort of messiah he's going to save the planet okay but these guys are literally saying that listen the church becomes Christ that's nuts how's that not you know and what Jesus say? hey don't let nobody deceive you for that one In fact, if you keep reading, he says, see, I told you ahead of time, okay? We've been warned about that for 2,000 years. Christ is not considered, they say, complete without us because he is the head and we are the body. The current church, you and I, who wouldn't go along, you know, who who don't have this special social justice power, right, and all these supernatural gifts and all that stuff, they say you and I have the spirit of the Antichrist. Well, of course you say that. Anybody that disagree with you, right? Okay. And uh, so that's basically, again, I wanted to give you a, a little bit of a nutshell. What is this NAR movement that goes by a multitude of names? What's the basic thing? Now let's get back to how it got spread and to where it is at today and who's promoting it today. Okay, and how worse it's gotten. Okay, again, as we take a look at these guys, William Brennan, George uh, Warnock, Paul came. They bring this into the church. This is These guys go this way with Oral Roberts. These guys go this way with William Brennan. They bring this in. Now, that was in the 50s. Okay, in the 60s, uh, they called themselves the man-child company. Now, why is that? Part of their false teaching is the man-child mentioned in Revelation chapter 12. Which is clearly Jesus Christ, based on the context. They say is them, which again goes with their false teaching that they're the Christ and and all that uh, baloney. So basically, that's in the '60s. Then uh, they morph into with this Paul Kane guy, the guy, the third guy there on the on the right there. Uh, he goes to Kansas City, okay, and uh, and uh, they launch a group called the Kansas City Prophets, and they work with this guy Mike Bickle. And IHOP. So again, we're all trying to get to this second thread, IHOP here. We're getting there. I want to trace the trail. But there's another movement, okay, uh, that was going at the same time uh, after the 60s. So they go, starts going to Kansas City. But there's another movement that took off. It's called the Vineyard Movement. Now, Vineyard uh, was really got popular because of Vineyard music okay again music is very big I'm pulling people into this okay and so let's take a look real quick at this vineyard movement then we'll get back into the Kansas City thread okay the vineyard movement is a group of charismatic churches Uh, they also go by names uh, not just vineyard but the third wave you might have heard of that third wave it's all kind of the same group Uh, power theology the signs and wonders movement Uh, they were founded by this guy guy named John Wimber okay in 1982 And they felt that the biggest thing that we need to do today is this is how we're going to convert people, i.e. their version of evangelism, is we need to show people all these wacky do things that they do, that they call the spiritual uh, gifts and things of that nature. Uh, Members of the Vineyard Movement place a premium on Bible study, oh, contraire, I wish that was true, Uh, on experience. In fact, in their booklet, Core Values and Beliefs, quote, experience-based worship is the central activity of all that we do at Vineyard. So in other words, it's about the show, it's about goosebumps on goosebumps, and who can outdo somebody else with what's the latest show, the latest vision, the latest uh, dancing around, the latest movement. It's all about that. In fact, I found a vintage clip with John Wimber, who started this thread Okay, and he admitted that basically the world's beaten us, right? We can't we can't compete against Hollywood as the church, right? They got the best movies and 3D camera action and and we can't compete with that arena. And we can't. So so this is all we got left. We just we need to put on a show for them with all the spiritual. I kid you not. He says that's that's all that we have left. Right, so here it is it's not the best quality but this is from the 90's him admitting on camera uh, we, this is all we got left is the church Okay, notice he's not going to say uh, what we have to offer the world is the bible the truth so that you can know uh, the beginning from the end you can know how to get saved you can know how to get to heaven you can know about Jesus Christ and how to get Oh, and that's, he, that's not valuable the only thing that we got left is dancing around doing all kinds of weird wacky stuff and shaking you know all that stuff watch this
1: his name is John Wimber. He started the vineyard because he hungered for the supernatural in Christianity.
4: Force and power, sometimes with milk. It has seasons. More. 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 Thank you, Lord.
1: Thank you, Jesus. Renew her now, Lord. Said More that Spirit, you need, right I now. think somebody said, the manna of signs and wonders for the Vineyard Church to survive. Is that a fair comment?
4: I believe that the Church of Jesus Christ needs that today in order to survive. I think we're out done. We, we can't spend the money on theater. The theater can. We can't entertain better than television can. We're not better. Spokesmen, we're not better philosophers. We haven't. We can't counsel better than the counselors do.
1: What do we have to offer?
0: I mean, imagine what he just said. He basically said, "This is a piece of junk. This is old, old hat, man. We ain't got nothing left. The Bible is who? who We ain't got nothing." Salvation in Jesus Christ, forgiveness of sins, uh, 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 getting by God's grace to escape eternal damnation in hell and instead of go to heaven. And nope, we ain't got nothing left except for that. Wow, that's crazy, crazy heresy. Okay. But anyway, I had to kick that one, okay? Because again, I know this is getting kind of threaded, but let's, let's retrace our steps. Right these guys from the Tent revivals or Roberts, they go this way, if you will, the word of faith baloney, these guys with William Branham, okay, and again, George Warnock and Paul Kane, right, they launched this n a r belief system that goes by many different names, okay uh and it goes through the sixties right, and then it starts going from the vineyard and then it goes towards Kansas City with this Paul Kane guy and eventually goes, emerges with this IHOP. So we're almost there, okay? Uh, but let's go to this Paul Kane guy. Paul Cain, uh, uh, his view on the Trinity was that it was inspired of the devil. Okay, just to give you a tip of the iceberg on everything else we saw that was false. Uh, but he was instrumental in founding what was called the Kansas City Fellowship uh, based on this NAR baloney, false teaching. Uh, he was uh, headed up the group of the uh, so-called Kansas City Prophets Okay, which were a lot of the sewer pipe stuff uh, was promoted. Okay, uh, Cain has often referred to Joel's army of God men and manifest sons of God, again, as the man child of Revelation 12, 5. Okay, but again, remember our studies several uh, several times back, uh, Jesus warned us in Matthew. He says, by their fruit, false teachers, by their fruit, you will know them, Right. You, they, they keep speaking, right? They could say they're a prophet of God, they're some special guy, and they got this anointing, the blah, blah, blah. You, you let them talk long enough and they're going to spill their beans that they're false. Or, or look at their life, right? Mm-hmm. Buy their fruit, you know. Well, as far back as February 2004, it came out that uh, this Paul Kane guy, he's supposed to be a prophet of God, amazing man, and he was not only an alcoholic, that was in February of that year. By April of that year, it was out that he was a practicing homosexual. Uh, And he was confronted with it, and he admitted it. So again, by their fruit, you're going to know them. These guys, I'm telling you what, it's a sham. Uh, In many of these cases, I don't know their heart, but I I don't think a lot of these guys are even saved. And we saw, and you might say that's kind of harsh, okay. Uh, Can a person be involved in homosexuality and still be saved? yeah because it's a sin just like lining all I'm, so I'm not saying that that's the unforgivable sin it's not that, that that would be heresy okay but at the same time if you go back up here to one is Pentecostalism and you say it's not just Jesus you have to be baptized in order to be saved and you have to be baptized by only one of their guys in order to be saved uh, and then you have to speak in gibberish in order to be saved is that are they saved if somebody that's truly what they're trusting in are they saved no, in fact, a big threat of these people say if you don't speak in gibberish, and not just the ones Pentecostals, but there's groups of the charismatic community that say you have to speak in their gibberish or you're not saved. And again, if that's what you're trusting in, you're trusting in works. You're not in trust. So again, uh, a lot of these guys got a problem. Now they they became what was called the Kansas City uh, Fellowship, which morphed into Metro Christian Fellowship. Okay, and, uh, and and that's that. And eventually, they began to work with this guy. If I can get here. Mike Bickle let me pop his head up there uh, as you can see there Uh, Mike Bickle okay now this guy is basically again we're coming over here Word of Faith goes this way from the tent revivals William Brannon New Apostolic Reformation Baloney goes this way through the 50s the 60s Vineyard Movement Kansas City Prophets they land with Mike Bickle okay and uh, so let's deal with that guy he was a guy who pastored the Kansas City Prophets that's promoting again the Latter Rain the Manifest Sons of God etc blah, blah blah okay but he currently leads what is called the Ihop the International House of Prayer okay so let's let's talk about that place it's located in Kansas City Missouri still to this day it was founded by again Mike Bickle in 1999 and its primary purpose they say is international prayer of intercession okay, if that's really what you were doing, that don't sound bad, okay? Uh, but uh, they also say that there is active prayer taking place literally 24 hours a day, seven days a week without interruption, and this has been the case uh, for years. So they have just been 24-7 round the clock, man. They got groups of people in there praying, and you're going, well, what's wrong with that? Well, praying, interceding for people nonstop, that's a good thing, but the problem is, wait till you see how they pray. Is total heresy uh, and New Age as well. Let's take a look at that. There's a place in Kansas
2: City called IHOP. No, not the International House of Pancakes, though KC surely has one of those. Rather, it is the International House of Prayer, started by Mike Bickle, September 19th of 99. And since that day, they have hosted nonstop prayer and intercession 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Now, that sounds great. Nonstop prayer. Who wouldn't want that? But we should also ask what kind of prayer? IHOP has encouraged praying the scriptures which is a great way to pray but not the way IHOP does it. One of their methods involves reading a Bible story then closing your eyes and imagining yourself as that character experiencing the story with all five senses playing it out in your mind. Again, this is what IHOP is calling prayer. Another method involves using a Bible verse to tap into the spiritual realm then meditating to find the Holy Spirit. You will then be brought to a place where you can ask God to show you visions and prophecies. None of this is prayer. In fact, it goes back to a second century false teaching called montanism montanus along with two women disciples prisha and Maximilla, claimed the holy spirit revealed things to them that superseded even the apostles they made false claims about the end times which Bickel has also done as he said the church brings about the great tribulation through prayer just as moses brought plagues upon egypt through a staff the Bible warns against listening to those who go on in detail about visions puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind instead of having the mind of Christ. We should indeed pray, but we must be discerning about right prayer when we understand the text.
0: And that's not what they're doing because I don't think they're even turned to a text because they're just making this up as they go. Uh, but again, notice, what was it? This was not some latest new movement of God. Is there the secret uh, uh, techniques of prayer in the last, what was it? What do you say? Old-fashioned Montanism, right back where we started in part two of the history. Just a bunch of blunt, repeated lies. And that's what Satan does, right? He, and on the one hand, he doesn't have to get uh, too inventive. Uh, he just waits for that generation to die off, and nobody learns their history, and he just repackages it for the next generation, and does the same old thing. And that's what we have here. Uh, prayer is good, but the problem is these type of prayer. The International House of Prayer has adopted many, as you saw, practices of the contemplative prayer movement uh, with much more focus on mysticism and contemplative spirituality and then rather on worshiping the Lord in prayer and interceding for others to prayer. Notice how it's to get yourself into an altered state of consciousness so you can supposedly have a vision and what? It, that's not the purpose of prayer. Prayer is you're talking to God. Okay, it's a direct contact. You're not emptying your mind, you're using your mind. Okay, but we dealt with that in our uh, previous studies uh, as well as our study in New Age because that's what this is. Okay, Uh, but... Some elements of IHOP actually uh, uh, employ the word faith matter. They claim things from God rather than submitting to God's will and humility. Uh, They also have what's called prophetic prayer uh, and things that know that sozo prayer and all this other stuff. And again, we dealt with that prior as well as again in our new age study. Uh, They uh, have other ecstatic practices. And as one guy says, if the prayers being uttered are not biblical, there is no value in them. In other words, you're wasting your time. In fact, what did Jesus say back again in Matthew? He says, "When you pray, what do you don't do? Don't babble on and on and on and on." He says that's what the pagans do, right? When you when you pray, you speak to what? Your father. It's it's a communication thing. It's not some mindless thing. Wait till you get some vision. OK, but believe it or not, as wacky doodle as that is, to use that term, OK, and all these false teachings, I kid you not. Since 1999, this thing, International House of Prayer, has experienced a massive growth, explosive growth. Uh, as you saw, not just they, they, they've, they've bought property there in Kansas City, a massive campus there. Uh, and they, they have basically uh, dorms that people can come and basically create like a commune, OK, a cult. And we'll get to that in a second. Okay. But they bought up other satellite branches and other cities. And they, they saw that these, these are mega churches. You think, oh, that's just some friends group in Kansas City, unfortunately, messing up all that great KC barbecue crowd. Right. No, it's worse than that. Uh, it's all over the place. And again, they're using technology and all these things. Now, uh, unfortunately, there's not just rapid expansion. Uh, with all these false teachings and unusual practices from these guys from the NAR movement, but they have fierce loyalty. And I agree with that. Fierce loyalty uh, because basically it truly is, and I would classify, me personally, I would classify these guys as just a flat-out cult. Okay? They are a cult. Uh, we'll get into that in a little bit because when people go into this, many times they don't come out. And sometimes they don't come out alive. We'll get to that in a second. Okay? But they I, they turn family against family Uh, parents against their children. Parents lose their children because the prophet has told them to stay isolated from those people because they don't understand. You're a special one. You need to stay with us in the last days. And that's a cult. And that's what these people are doing 24 hours a day, seven days a week, in a multitude of places all over the world, including the satellite places. Another concern with IHOP is its connection, again, with the Kansas City prophet guys. Instead of biblical understanding of prophecy, now you think, well, prophecy, what is prophecy? Again, we're not gonna go into a giant study. We already dealt with that in part one with the spiritual gifts, what gifts are in function for today. But the gift of prophecy is declaring the truth that God has revealed. That's the biblical meaning of prophecy. You're proclaiming what God has revealed. You don't make it up. What you think it is, it's not some new New Testament. Okay, you proclaim it, and so where's that contained for us? Right, th- that's here. So you're proclaiming the Bible. That, that's the biblical version of what the, sp- the scripture talks about. That, but that's not what they, uh, of course, believe. Right? They view Christians uh, as prophets are basically Christian psychics right so they they think that no it's making stuff up you don't even need the bible they downplay the scripture okay because these prophets and again as you saw apparently it only cost you 600 bucks you become a prophet i didn't know that i was thinking at least six grand i mean i paid so much going to seminary and bible college man i could have mm, saved some serious cash i just didn't know i didn't have that revelation apparently but i don't know uh and praise god it didn't but anyway so uh uh, they say that basically they're Christian psychics, prophetic hotlines, prophetic readings, right? So they're basically they're within. And I, and I like what the one guy said. These guys are like megalomaniacs in the spiritual. World. Who do you think you are, right? That you don't even need the Word of God. That God is now dependent on you to subdue the planet, right? But but you don't even need the Bible. People just need to listen to you because you're just. Mm, and then God told you to. It's crazy, but they believe that they're, they're basically Christian psychics, prophetic hotlines, prophetic readings, uh, and the emphasis is on, again, not the Scripture and not proclaiming the Scripture, but, quote, personal prophecies. Again, that goes back to God told me to tell you. So that's what's going on in this camp. There is no biblical discernment because there is no real study of the Scripture, It's all just this intertwining of people. I'm a prophet. You're a prophet. Wouldn't you like to be a prophet too? Okay, apparently. And then everybody's prophesying this, making this stuff up. And that's how they base their truth, their reality, their decisions on. Not the scripture. Okay. Many have been led astray by those claiming to be apostles and prophets from a quote, word from the Lord. Right? Uh, There have been many reports of spiritual abuse and prophetic manipulation within the IHOP Movement. Okay, let me give you just some examples of how, I'll use that word again, that's my new favorite word apparently, wackadoodle, these wackadoodle (laughs) ideas. These guys, remember we already saw in Peter for several weeks uh, back on this side of the thread that it says there, watch out, these guys are not only gonna come into the church and introduce uh, destructive heresies, it says they're gonna do it with what? Stories made up. And that's what these guys are doing. They're making this stuff up in their head. But listen to these guys doing this, they actually admit, so what if we're wrong? So what if that really wasn't God, right? Who cares, right? At least we're making people feel good. It's nuts. But watch this. A pastor told his congregation to speak prophecy
2: to one another, but his definition of prophecy included visions of sharks and pirate ships.
1: Lord, what would you want me to encourage Danny with? And then I quiet again, trying to listen. And then automatically in my head, there's a picture of a ship, a pirate ship. There's like cannons on the pirate ship and there's a shark chasing the pirate ship. Prophecy
2: is not praying for people and then sharing whatever random stuff pops in your head. The Bible says if someone speaks in the name of the Lord and it doesn't come true, they've spoken presumptuously and it isn't from God.
1: What if we're only talking to ourselves? What if we're like, okay, Lord, will you show me somebody and somebody pop in our head? And that's just us. So what? Oh, no, you're going to encourage somebody right like why why would that be this terrible thing and and then what if i'm wrong those are the two big things that just haunt What if we get it wrong and they stone me to death? I already said that's not the kind
2: of prophecy we're making. So it's okay to lie to people and take the Lord's name in vain as long as it's positive and encouraging? On the contrary, the Bible says, speak the truth with your neighbor and don't grieve the Holy Spirit. What the pastor is unintentionally arguing is that scripture isn't sufficient. All the promises of God given in his word through his son, Jesus, are not enough, and we need personal revelations of sharks and pirate ships in order to encourage someone.
0: The Bible is the prophetic word fully confirmed. And that's what people need to hear. Not that, uh, mm, I saw a pirate ship with cannons and there's a shark. The Lord told me to tell you that. Don't you feel better? It's nuts. I mean, can you imagine? I don't need this. I need pirate ships. Argh, matey. Right? I need sharks chasing me and, and I, man I'm so spiritually on, I'm becoming a great disciple of Christ this is nuts okay? but did you see he admitted it so what if I'm wrong right and he, he mocked the scripture in the Old Testament when those gifts were in function not the proclaiming of scripture but an actual office of a prophet that if they did get it wrong they killed him why because you had the audacity to say this came from God and it didn't come true giving the impression that God's a liar which he's not that's why they killed you but he, oh, that's arrogance, arrogance, big time. One guy says, we would be wise to remember, again, another warning from Jesus in Matthew 24. Not only uh, watch out uh, that no one deceives you, claiming that you're the Christ, okay, that they're the Christ. Uh, Matthew 24, 24 says, for false Christ and what? False prophets. And there's prophets all over the place in the charismatic movement. False prophets, because they're not real that will appear and perform great signs and miracles to deceive even the elect, if that were possible, okay? And it is possible because you know how they do it? You know what their technique is? Don't read this book. Whatever you do, don't crack this open, right? Now, see, you know, if you say that directly, then people are going to catch on. That's probably not a good thing to say, right? So you say, no, listen, we got a new word from God. I got a word from the Lord for you right, this pirate ship's coming with these, you know, sharks chasing you, and that's what you need to hear, and the whole time people are doing that, and then with the whole, it's music, and these guys are whipping up things in their head, right, and then getting into this uh, altered state of consciousness that's supposed to be biblical prayer, and it's not, the whole time you're doing that, not once did you open up the Bible, and when people don't open the Bible, that's the only book on the planet that keeps you away from lies, that is the book of truth, it's only true, that's the only way you're going to know if you're going to be lied to. So people will fall for it uh, if you don't do that. But let's get into this uh, Mike Bickle, how it began. Believe it or not, it started on this aspect of uh, supposed prophecy. Okay, in 1982, a guy named Augustine approached Mike Bickle and said that an audible voice told him to prophesy to his congregation. Later that year, Mike Bickle claimed to hear an audible voice himself speaking to him while he was on a trip to Cairo, Egypt. Personally, I think it was the speaker in the airport, but maybe he had jet lag and didn't get the connection. But anyway, so he said the voice told him, quote, I am inviting you to raise up a work that will touch the ends of the earth. I have invited many people to do this thing, and many people have said yes, but very few have done my will. Talk about a general blah, blah, blah. Okay, but it makes you sound important, doesn't it? Right? But again, that wasn't the voice of God anyway. Right, uh, Mike Bickle also, again, he's a source of all kinds of false teaching. Again, the thread from this NAR movement. He says that uh, the church is the one that brings on the great tribulation. Is that true? No. What Bible are you reading? Okay, apparently you're not. Shocker. OK, uh, the tribulation starts uh, at Daniel uh, nine twenty seven, 27, uh, uh, Revelation 6, the white horse seal rider. Uh, that's what starts the seven year tribulation. OK, and it is the wrath of God. It, the judgments that are coming on the planet are coming from the throne room of God. Right. The church does not bring in the seven year tribulation. He says we're not absent for the great tribulation. Is that true? No, the seven-year tribulation is seven years of God's wrath. The scripture says in Romans chapter 5, 1 Thessalonians 1 and 1 Thessalonians 5, we are saved from, rescued from, and not appointed unto God's wrath. So again, what Bible are you reading? What's the problem? You're not. That's the problem. You're just making this stuff up as you go in your head. He said the church causes the great tribulation, and it's the church, the praying church, of course their version of praying, uh, that's going to loose the judgment in the great tribulation. Who do you think you are? God? That's exactly a the problem. They do think they are. The judgment is coming from God through and through throughout the scripture. Uh, Bickle proposes that an elite end time church defeats God's enemy. Listen, and Jesus, listen, is held in the heavens until that happens. Now, again, megalomania. I love that word. I think it's totally appropriate with these guys. Who do you think you are? Jesus up there going, oh, I really wish I could come back, but I got to wait for Mike Bickle and the IHOP and the NAR movement to hurry up and take over the planet. And It's nuts. Right, uh, He says that Jesus is not coming until the body of Christ globally is crying out, Come Lord Jesus. He's coming back when he's good and ready. Okay, Now, another one is basically, uh, you talked about, what is this? Shocker, old-fashioned montanism. Here's another one. It's also an old-fashioned heresy that the early church dealt with called Gnosticism. Right Now, listen to this. You're saying, what's Gnosticism? Gnosticism comes from the Greek word gnosis. And it means knowledge. And uh, Gnosticism is the idea, listen, of having, listen, the early church dealt with Gnosticism. It's the idea that you have hidden knowledge. Sound familiar? That's this whole premise. It's old-fashioned, not just Montanism, but Gnosticism, right? And you have a contact with the spiritual realm that's not available to others. Sound familiar? That's their whole premise. The haves and the have nots. This so called knowledge comes via, how do you get the secret knowledge? Prophecies, visions, and dreams that are only given to a privileged group. What does that sound like? It's exactly what they believe. It's old fashioned Gnosticism. In fact, I hope, Hop, uh, has their own, quote, prophecy rooms uh, where you can just walk in and just get a prophecy. So, I mean, uh, I don't know if they charge for it, but. Uh, You can go down the street here in Vegas, unfortunately, and go to a psychic and they're going to get charged. They'll give you a word ain't from the Lord. You can go to their prophecy room. Can I tell you something? That ain't from God either. Okay, Uh, But anyway, so and then, of course, they they, the same tactic. Right. Uh, The Gnostic would anybody who would reject him would say this. Well, we would expect you to be against it since uh, you haven't had the experience. That's that's what Gnostics say. That's what these guys say. It's the same uh, baloney as well. But of course, Bickle uh, also, not only with the false teaching, just like these other guys, even on this side of the thread, he has had supposedly personal encounters with God. Literally personal encounters uh, with God. Uh, He said, I stood there and I was at the Lord's left hand and it was not a dream. This was as real as life here and now. So you literally saw Jesus and he literally put his literal hand on you. You're a liar. You're a false teacher and a false prophet. Let's take a look at that. Jesus is between 5'11 and about 6'1". I'd say, cl- he's taller than I thought he was.
4: And he put his hand on this shoulder, and he looked at me. He said, go tell my people I'm coming.
0: I stood there, and uh, I was at the Lord's left hand, and it was, this was not a dream. This was as real as life here. And he said, young man. I
2: can feel him. Like he, it's like he's walking up to me across the room and just tapping me on the shoulder. Kim. And I'm standing with Jesus, and I see God the Father in front of me. There are teachers who will claim to have had a face-to-face conversation with God Himself. But it's a lie. How can we know that? For lots of reasons, but in short, because Jesus warned that false teachers would claim such things. If anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there He is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. So if they say to you, look, He is in the wilderness, Do not go out. If they say, look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. The next appearance of Christ will be seen by the whole world, not a select few in secret. Joseph Smith claimed that God the Father in Jesus Christ appeared to him and told him the church had become an abomination. So Smith started his own church full of destructive heresies. He was a charlatan, and so is every other modern-day false prophet claiming to have had
0: a personal audience with God. Which includes all these people as well in fact uh, notice how uh, again as I've been stated uh, Joseph Smith was what he was a charismatic in essence because he was supposed to be a prophet of visions from God and he spawned that false teaching I would hope that the charismatic community would agree that Mormons are a cult and false teaching but basically their whole premise is doing the same thing okay but as we close basically all this is the denigration of the Bible sola scriptura that how do we define what's true not visions not dreams right here from the word of God. So that's the downplay and that's how they consistently dupe people. When IHOP makes decisions, they quote, do not use the Bible as the final revelation from God because they supposedly still get direct revelations from God. They deny the very doctrine sola scriptura that defines what it means to be a Protestant evangelical. At the, at the core. And that's why people say these people are indexed and should be indexed as a cult, dangerous, false, and heretical. Though it may seem like a place that, man, these people are on fire and passion for God, this is not the case. Many of the people that go there may uh, maybe sincere Christians, but they are overcome by the lies and the experiences they have there. And again, let me give you just real two quick things. Number one, it destroys families. They separate families. They get sucked into this. One lady says this, I've lost my son to a thing called I. IHOP, he told me that the older and wiser council had met with him and it was their decision that he and I should have zero communication for one year at least. She says one year at least. That was over two years ago. So they get it's a cult. They get sucked in and they don't come out. And sometimes they don't come out alive. Let me show you a picture of this lady and we're going to close. Uh, this lady, as you can see, is Bethany Ann Deaton. She got involved in IHOP. Uh, she married uh, one of the worship leaders there. and uh, and IHOP and again what they do is they don't just have a campus they have uh, dorms that these people you come in we'll put you up you can just stay right here on you'll never leave right and so she got involved with that uh, with that now and then she turns up dead and uh, and uh, she was suffocated and uh, things of that nature she married the group's leader a guy named Tyler Deaton Uh, they had envisioned themselves making it through the tribulation together Uh, He was a, shocker, self-appointed apostle, right? And guess what? He supposedly, and this is from Rolling Stone magazine. He supposedly loved Jesus, quote, Harry Potter and other men. And here's what went on. Uh, This self-proclaimed prophet, uh, a gentleman came forward, a guy named Micah Moore uh, at IHOP. He said, I killed her under Tyler's orders uh, several men in the house had been sexually assaulting her they began to wonder that maybe she might tell somebody about it two of the men in the house revealed that they had an ongoing sexual relationship with this self-proclaimed prophet Tyler a fourth said that he, that he was groomed by Tyler to be a part of their sexual group and the men looked at Tyler as their quote spiritual leader he was quote manipulative and exercised control over the members of the household he was characterized uh, he characterized their homosexual sexual activity and all that baloney as a quote religious experience now how do people get sucked into something like that I mean because who are they taking as the standard for truth the, the Bible that warns about this stuff no these self-proclaimed prophets that are false prophets that Jesus warned specifically would man go everywhere and boy are they everywhere now especially through the charismatic movement throughout the world today and so anything goes because all they got to do is say, say you know God told me to tell you that this is okay no it's not you're not the standard for truth you're a false teacher now believe it or not it's still a controversy today when I check this out her death Uh, he hasn't been charged with it Uh, it was officially ruled as a suicide but with a lot of question marks it's crazy this is a cult Lord willing next time we're going to get into some more key players that are feeding into this not just just like the word of faith, not just men, but women. And then we're going to finish up on uh, Bethel, Hillsong, and those people that are also promoting these lies, but they're using music, not the social justice, trying to think you're special and take over the planet. They're using music to seduce people in to this NAR movement as well. So let's pray. Well, hi, this is Billy Crone of Get Life Ministries, and I hope you were blessed with this study. But in closing, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? Before you answer that, let me share a couple of things that the Bible says. Did you know that the Bible says that God is holy and that we are not? And the wages of our sin or unholiness is death? In other words, we deserve to die and go straight to hell and be separated from God for all eternity. This is the great cosmic dilemma. God who is holy and we are not, how can we have a relationship with Him? The two will never mix. Now, to make matters worse, we don't even want to admit this, even though God already knows He's God. And so, God, out of love, gave us something called the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were not something to just memorize or stick on your wall or give the appearance of being a religious person. The Ten Commandments were God's divine x-ray, if you will, into our heart and soul to reveal this truth that we need to admit. And that is this, that God is holy and that we are not. We are disqualified for heaven. So, let's take a look at that divine x-ray that God's trying to get us to realize. Uh, The the Ten Commandments, the the ninth one says, you shall not bear false witness. That's lying. Okay. How many guys have ever told a lie? Raise your hand. Okay. Well, if you didn't raise your hand, you just did. You just told a lie because we've all done that. Well, that makes us a liar. The another Ten Commandments says that you shall not steal. Don't ever take anything without permission. How many of you guys uh, have ever done that? Well, You guys already said you're a bunch of liars. All of our hands should have went up on that one. And for being honest, God already knows. Folks, we've all taken something. We've stolen something, right? That makes us a thief. Another Ten Commandments says that you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. He's not just holy. Even his name is holy. Hey, folks, let's be honest. If you can believe it, even the name of Jesus Christ uh, has been turned into a common cuss word. Well, the Bible says that's a sin of blasphemy. Now we're a, a blasphemer. The Bible says you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus said, here's his standard. uh, uh, Even if you look at another person with lust in your eye, you committed adultery in your heart. Wow, so now we're an adulterer. The Bible says you shall not murder. And you might think, well, hey, at least I haven't done that one. Really? Again, the Bible says that the sin of hatred, wishing somebody was dead. Okay, that's the same thing. uh, It's akin to the sin of murder. It's just you pulled the trigger in your heart, but God sees the heart. Hey, folks, that's just five out of 10. How are you doing? You still think you're going to get to heaven on your own? You still think that you're qualified, that you're holy like God, and you could bridge the gap and have a relationship with Him forever? I don't think so. I mean, what do we just see? You're going to stand before God, and so am I. We all are. And we're going to have to give an account for who we are. Hey, hey, God, let me in. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a liar. I, I'm a thief. I'm a blasphemer. I'm an adulterer. I'm a murderer. And the Scripture is very clear, folks. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of God. We're in trouble. But folks, here's the good news. The Bible says that if we would just admit that, that's the first step, to admit that God is holy, that I'm not, I'm disqualified for heaven, I need a Savior. If we would admit that and then ask for the Savior to save us. That's what God was doing with Jesus. God gave us His Son, Jesus Christ. He took the death penalty in our place so that we could be completely forgiven of everything we've ever done and be made holy through Jesus so that we can now have a relationship with God, both here and now and forever in heaven. We can become qualified. The word that the Bible uses is a word called pardon, that God is willing to pardon us of all of our sins and crimes that we've committed against him and disqualified us. That disqualified us for heaven, right? And we've actually seen this work in real life. Uh, For instance, uh, there's been people who have committed crimes, gone to court. The gavel's been passed. The judge has said, hey, listen, we all know you're guilty. Uh, You even admit you're guilty. And uh, for your crimes, you're going to not just jail, you're going to uh, await in jail to go to the death penalty. And did you know that there actually is a way that somebody could get off of death row? It's called a pardon. The one in the authority, the governor can grant what's called a pardon for that person's crimes and they literally can go free. Not because of something they did, because the deeds are already done, you can't undo it. Not because of they tried to clean up their act while they were stuck in the jail cell, because that doesn't change anything. But simply out of mercy, the person who has the authority can give them a pardon and they can go free. And did you know, it's actually on historical record that there have been people who have been granted a pardon from the death penalty and they've refused to take it. And so even though the offer was there to be set free, they themselves still had to go to the death penalty. Folks, in a nutshell, that's what God's doing every single day with all of us, this side of heaven. While you still have breath, you still have an opportunity to receive God's pardon. He's willing to forgive you of all your sins. If you would just receive his pardon Through Jesus Christ. Again, that's what he was doing on the cross. The cross was the death penalty of the day. But since we weren't there, and since we can't earn it, it's a gift from God, you have to receive that by faith. Reach out even today from your own spiritual jail cell, if you will, and say yes to Jesus and God's pardon so that you can be set free and go to heaven.